we're back. And again. we're back. Episode four, week four. Well, again, week two again, of the again. NBA. Yeah, week like a full our first full week. Um, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of high scoring games. A lot of big stat lines. A Let's lot talk of, about um, these high scoring games. This shit is insane, dude. I'm looking at New Orleans Pelicans stats right now. Four of their first, I think, six games have been over 130 points. Yeah, no, it's insane. And uh, and there was this thing about Vegas and how they're over under for combined point total. Um, they kind they like got the over on like all the first week games for the first couple of days, and then they corrected themselves, obviously. But um, <clears throat> no one really expected this. I and I think it's. There's a lot of guys who are, you know, I think there's a stat that said um, at the time I recorded it, but 35 players were aver- averaging 20-plus points. Um, How sustainable is that? Not, mm, I don't know. I, I, we'll have to kind of wait and see. Um, I don't think it's, obviously, I don't see Well, let's Steph look at the major, the major factor behind this. Do you think okay. it's bad defense or good offense? Bad defense. Um, I think teams are seeing the high scoring games and just kind of um knowing that they can just chuck shots and take a lot more threes than they have in the past um and so yeah I think it's a little bit more of bad defense than it is good offense because the offense didn't know they didn't bring in some stupid eh, some superstar players um you know in the past just in the offseason to replace all the no it's the same players they just aren't playing defense as hard you think that's just kind of a getting your footing beginning of the season type thing, or do you think? It's a little and bit how more much? Than how that. much does the? We look at like a lot of players, and pretty much every player nowadays is told to develop a three point shot. Yeah. And you were mentioning a stat um, off air about something to do with like forty percent. I don't know. Tell me the stat. Oh, uh, there's a lot of teams, um, like, like, it was like the bottom 10% of teams um, are shooting 40% of their shots from three-point range, and they're making only, like, low 20% of them. And do you think that that 40% clip is something that's going to be, you know, kind of throughout the season? No, um, I mean, I think long term it'll turn to that. I just don't think that it'll be this season when it happens. So you um, think the NBA is kind of trending toward the three point? I do shot. think it is. I think it is. I think I wouldn't be surprised if in like five years we had some teams that were shooting fifty percent of their shots from three. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Are you? Do you think it's just the simple fact of three is more than two, or yeah, our offenses also... getting easier three point shots? Um. I think it's it's threes or more than two, but at the same time, um, teams are getting a lot more three-point shots, just pace and space when you have a guy like Giannis or a guy like Anthony Davis who can open up the floor for you. Um, or who needs floor spacing, um, it creates more opportunities for guys like that. So Interesting, um, very interesting. But then you have guys, you know, like Nikola Mirotic, who we're just on a hot streak to start the season. And you don't um, think that that's going to continue? I don't think that'll continue. I think he'll be a great player this season. I don't think he'll average 30 plus points. Um well, let me, let's play a quick game of real or not real, okay? All right. Give it to me. Okay, I'll start with um Toronto. 
Six and zero, real or not real? Toronto is a real deal. I don't know why they felt the need to swap Demar and Kawhi Leonard, um, but I don't. I don't really think. I mean, they fired Dwayne Casey. Brought in Nick Nurse. I weirdly feel like that is a bigger. And it's funny because I was talking to you earlier about not really being that guy who believes that the head coach switch is like psh, the big thing. Yeah. Um, that's going to turn your team around, but I think that that probably has a bigger impact on their season than Kawhi for Demar. And a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, Kawhi is a way better player than Demar Derozan," but I don't know. I think breaking up the chemistry, that incredible chemistry that. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan had is I don't think that that's going to be developed again with Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry. Well, they definitely look comfortable together. I don't know if they're going to be at the point um, if they're going to be at the the level that Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were at, but they definitely look good together. Yeah, I mean they, they play well and I think you know um, Kawhi Leonard has a similar play style to DeMar DeRozan. Um, I think he's a little bit of a better defender. He's just a bigger guy. Um, but I don't know. I think that, that that might knock them down a little bit. I think they're the real deal. I just don't think that they are... I mean, the weast, the sorry, the East is a little bit weaker this year. You say the weast? The weast. Well, I was trying <laughs> to say the East is weak, and I okay. came up with weast. Um so I think that's going to help them out, but I still don't. I still think they're not. They're not getting to the finals. Yeah, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see. I I think that uh, Nick Nurse has done a great job, and I, I love their acquisition of Danny Green along with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, um, I think that was for them to kind of make that snag was really smart. And Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is suddenly an NBA player again. Um, what happened to him, and why is he back? <laughs> what do you think has changed? From, I think I don't know. He just seems like he has a a, a rejuvenated spirit for the game of basketball. Here's the thing about Serge Ibaka. I think I talked about this last week. He was at one point kind of a stalwart. Yeah, a defender. Um, you he know, they called him Sergi Blaka for a long time when he was playing with OKC, and then he came, and then he kind of got a reputation as kind of more not a star player, but you know, like a a fundamental piece to a team, and I kind of feel like he felt he needed to develop more of an offensive game. Yeah, uh, which led him to kind of a lot more. Yeah, and it kind of led him to turn away from you know being that that stalwart defender. Um, and I think he got kind of a, a little bit lost in at the least sauce. over the past two years. No, not <laughs> lost in the sauce, but just lost in what kind of player he's meant to be. And I think he's kind of figuring that out again. Yeah, I mean, on 27 minutes a game, he's averaging 14 points, just about 7.5 rebounds. But he's all the way down at 1.3 blocks a game, which is lower than his average. Um, but still, just he's doing really well, and Toronto just has a lot of bench pieces as well that are... Do you think um, down the line he's going to be uh, called just, upon and needed to be more of a defender? Who? Serge Ibaka. Not really. They have Pascal Siakam, and he's done really well uh, defensively. And he kind of fits in. He's kind of turned into the the 
opposite of what Serge Ibaka is now. He's more of the defender, and um, Serge has turned into more of like a three-point shooter and rebounder. Um, but I don't think he'll really call upon him. They got a lot of... They just... Toronto just has dogs. They've just got guys who are just going to play. Hounds. They just have hounds. They're just going to get like after OG, CJ Miles, um, Valanchunas. As much as I don't really like Valanchunas, he's still a dog. He's a um, dog, dude. He gets after it. Yeah, they just have they just have a lot of players. They got a lot of players that can switch and defend, and they look good. Um, so next one, real or not real? Uh, Milwaukee also six and now. Um, I don't think they're as real. I think, I think I'm they're real. real. I don't think they're as real as they are playing. I think there, there's no way that they don't do better than last year. And last year, where did they end in the playoffs? They will. They played Boston in the first. Lost round, to Boston so. first round. Um, I think they at least get to the second round. Um, unless they play Boston again, in which case they're fucked. But if you've got a guy who's an obvious walking bucket in Giannis Antetokounmpo, then has his his uh his soundboard soundboard this week. You're welcome. I have my soundboard, and let me tell you, baby, it is (laughs) that shit is money, man. Um, Um, But Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think he's killing the MVP of this year. I disagree, but he's still killing it. Why do you disagree with that? I just think, I mean, unless I just, okay, if Milwaukee finishes with a top three seed, then fine, I'll give it to you. But If, if really Giannis averages on... 30, 14, and 5. Okay, fine. How but are you not, not average, the MVP? He's not going to average 14 rebounds. You don't think so? No. The dude no. is a fucking monster. No. He's a fucking, like, he no. is literally that dude from a video game where you can't, like, you shoot him, and you shoot him, and you shoot him, and he just fucking, he just gets more angry. He, like, doesn't die. He just gets he's more angry. His, he's got his mamba mentality. And it almost, like, fires him up more. Yeah. Um, I th- He's definitely, you know, an incredible player. I just feel like I don't see Milwaukee withstanding, or I don't, um continuing this trend and i if they do then great if they don't then i don't see it Um, let me ask you one thing with a guy like that there's a lot of those players developing right now kind of like Giannis type players um i don't think we've mentioned him yet but blake griffin is having pretty wild year so far didn't we um no not yet um Blake Griffin's averaging around 30-something points per game. Obviously, Killing it's a it, small sample size, but... Nope. Uh, yes. And then we've got just kind of those long, long, like, switch, power forward, small forward players, um, point forwards, you would call them, right? Ben Simmons. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac. Let me ask you something. I don't Maker. think... Thon Maker, maybe, but he's also not a star player. But I'm just talking about the length aspect of it. Right. Who do you think is best to defend those guys? Who's best? As in guards or forwards? Forwards. Why do you think that is? What What do you want to shut down with those guys? What What is the... You want to you wanna hinder his ability to get to the rim. So you um, want to get them to settle for jump shots. 
you want to make them uh, if you if you're talking about a guy like a Blake Griffin as opposed to or like a Giannis. Um, you if you're Giannis and you're, I'm just throwing out a random team. Um, Denver. Denver, sure. Uh, yo, yo, Yochik, yo, right? Jokic, but close. Jokic. Do, do you put Jokic <laughs> on him or do you put Jokic? Um, who's a guard on their team? Gary Harris. Get. Uh, you're not gonna put Gary Harris on him. Give me some bigger. Uh, Will Barton. Do you put Will Barton on him or do you put Jokic? Juan Herman Gomez. Um, you, oh, oh wait, no, that's not Willie. Hernan Gomez. Um, Willie used to play for the Knicks. I don't know if he plays anymore. No, I think he's with Charlotte. Oh, he is. Um, do you put a, Yo- a Jokic or do you put a um, Will you have Barton? To put a, you have to put a Jokic because Will Barton will just get used and abused um, anywhere near the basket by by Giannis. So um, you think if you put a Jokic that he's not just going to blow by? You think he's going to settle for jump shots? Um. I mean, and I'm not just talking Giannis. I'm talking anybody just, in the Giannis you, category. You have to put as much length on him to prevent him from um, getting by you as he can. Because if you put a guy like Will Barton, he can shoot over him, and he can also get by him. But if you put Jokic on him, you're at least making an effort to stop the drive. All right, um, I see what you're saying. Because you don't want to put Jokic in the position, who's already a terrible defender, to trying to play help side defense at the rim against Giannis. That's not a look you want to have. So you'd be a good head coach. Who? You. If anybody's hiring, oh. I think they should look. Thank you. I appreciate that. Look my in first, your direction. My first uh, duty would be to immediately sign Ron Baker. <laughs> oh, you would sign. I want the fucking. Hey everyone, it's Ron Baker. I want everyone. Hey everyone I want everyone who's gonna work hard. Fuck that's Ron, Ron Baker. Baker. I don't. I, on, bro. If I'm the head coach, I can't even sign anyone. But I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> um, oh, let's go to the flip side. Um, OKC struggling. Zero oh, and four, one and five, something. Uh, did they win last night? I, didn't uh, I don't think so. But they um, they played the Suns. Remember we talked about this. So they oh had right. Them. Let's we check out that score. Not, um, dun, da, da, dun. Oh, wait, no, they played tonight. I'm sorry. We got that wrong. Oh, yeah, we did get that wrong. My fault. Um, all right. But as so I'm looking at this. First round exit wait, last year. All right, what? I was going to say, as I pulled up NBA.com, uh, uh, a headline popped up that I feel like we need to acknowledge. What? And that is Tyron Lue is no longer the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe I can be Cleveland's head coach. Do we care? No. Moving we don't on. care. Why, why do we care about the Cleveland Cavaliers? But I, it brings care? up a weird question. Why, if you're a bottom feeder, do you think switching your head coach is going to turn anything around? Um... It's just you got to do whatever you can, and they don't really have much ability to go get anybody who's going to make their on the court, you know, a player that's going to make them better. So you kind of just have to do something. And Tyron Lue was washed from the start, so he shouldn't what? have been there in the first place. Are you saying that Tyron Lue was washed from? <laughs> yes. I'm How dare you, man? How can that. you be washed as a head coach? But I do because want to touch on this topic, right? And this is your entire career. This is interesting. Um, 
jumping from being an NBA player to an NBA head coach, um, we look at guys like Tyron Lue, we look at guys like Luke Walton, we look at Derek guys Fisher, like... Fisher, Jason Kidd. Yeah. Um, now, a few of those guys, well, one in particular, um, Jason Kidd, there was another guy, um, I'm blanking, but do you think that a star player in the NBA fares better as a head coach versus um, more of no. a role player? No. Uh, definitely role players. Um, Why do you think players, that is? I don't know. I feel like they see the game a little bit different. Um, stars are a little more individualistic. Um, you look at guys like Patrick Ewing and Isaiah Thomas and Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale was not that good of a coach. Um, guys like that, I don't know. They just don't. Do you think really... it has anything to do with the fact that guys like Tyron Lue, I mean, he spent a lot of time kind of on the on the bench watching watching LeBron. Um, guys like Luke Walton, you know, obviously didn't play that much as a Laker. Um, but they're guys who know, who understand team concepts. They're guys who. Do you think it comes from from just watching more and not being in those big? In those moments of, you know, whether it be scrutiny, whether you're winning or losing, do you think being able to watch both of those is more important than playing in them for a head coach? Yeah, I think that um, when you're in those moments, you know, when you're a guy like a Kobe or, or a LeBron and you spend your entire career having been scrutinized, you expect a lot more out of your players. So if LeBron is a head coach, I mean, LeBron would be a great head coach just because he's great at everything. But... If Kobe was a head coach, I could see him being a lot more, um, you know, he'd be more, like, like, why aren't you doing this? Like, why aren't you as good as I was, you know? Um, I think there's why, a little bit of an ego in it. A little bit. Um, and I think that players like Derek Fisher, I think he just, I don't know. I don't know why Derek Fisher wasn't head coach. I can't speak to that. But um, guys like Jason Kidd. He wasn't a good Kidd, head coach? What? You mean you mean wasn't a good head coach? That's what I said. Wasn't a good head coach. Maybe I didn't yeah. say that, but um, yeah, I, I guys like Luke Walton, who um, I don't know, they're just a little bit more analytical and see the game a little bit differently than the guys who are stars. But yeah. All right, let's get back to we were talking OKC for a second. Um, they're zero and three, I think. Well, no, they were at the point where I made that note. Um, oh, and they, four. Oh, and four, I think. Yeah, because oh, you're four. saying that if if they go zero oh and five, should Billy Donovan get fired? Right. Um, Which I think you he look has. at them getting knocked out in the first round last year, kind of struggling to start the season. People are obviously getting antsy. How long do you wait till you start looking for a new head coach? Um, and do you think that that will? How much do you, you think that, that you will have an effect to their season? Yeah. I think you wait until one of your players comes and kind of tells you that you need you need a switch. Um, you think a player's going to come and do that? Yeah. You think I, Russell Westbrook's going to be that guy to go up and say, yes. look, fuck Billy Russell Donovan. Russell Westbrook, in particular, out of anyone, will tell you what he's thinking. Oh, he'll tell you for sure, but how how much blame can the players put on the head coach? I'm not. I'm not talking about the GM, but how much blame when you guys are just not winning 
how can you be the guy to be like, it's not my fault, it's the fucking head coach? Well, no. I In short term, you can't do that. Like, if you lose a game, you can't be like, it's, I mean, besides, unless he makes a coaching decision that ruined the game. But if, like, the players aren't performing, no. But if it's like, hey, we're good players. It's me, you know, Paul George, Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, Jeff Green, Dennis Schroeder. And we're just not... On paper, that's a good team. Yeah, we're just not performing well enough, and it's been almost two years. Like, then, yeah, it's not their fault. And how much do you think that's straight up, like, the head coach is going to change everything versus we just need kind of like a fresh jump start a little bit? Um, I think it's just a fresh jump start. I don't think it's going to change anything. I think... Um, they like the Cavs are just gonna bring in their assistant coach to to be the interim head coach for now. So it's not like changing anything. It's kind of just, it's just a restart. It's getting a new battery, you know. All right. Jumper um, cables. Question for you: If you're OKC, you fire Billy Donovan. Do you bring in Ty Lue? Never. God. <laughs> oh God. Can you imagine if they were like, yeah, we're gonna bring in now Ty Lue to be our head coach? Everyone would be like. Washed as fuck, bro. Why would you do that? Tyler um, is not stepping foot on an NBA court again. That question for out. you: If you're, if you're Russ, I, I'm not really Russ. If you're Paul George, um, and they make a swap to a head coach you're not fond of, and you're not winning you're here. Russ? No, because I think Russ has kind Russ of... Russ is locked down. They're, he's Paul kind of George entrapped himself. You think Paul George is locked down. in? Yeah, he signed a contract this offseason. Right, but is is he looking to get traded, I'm saying? Okay. If this is your second year here and, you know, you're not winning like you're supposed to be. Um, and they they go ahead and they fire the head coach well, and you're like, all right, we'll get a fresh start. And they hire somebody like Ty Lu. Okay, let's let's back up, back up, back up, back up. Yeah, let's let's turn this to Jimmy Butler because that's a much more likely scenario to happen. Okay. So say Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau gets fired, and they bring in Ty Lue. Now, now continue your point. Yeah. Um. Well, no, because we all know that Jimmy Butler wants out of there. That's that's no, not but it's what I'm it's saying. partly to do with with the front office, and and if they replace Tom Thibodeau and he steps down, they get a new coach. You don't know that something wouldn't necessarily change with him. You're saying you think that's what Jimmy Butler's looking for? Is a new no, head I'm coach? No, I'm not saying entirely. He obviously still hates Carl Anthony Towns and, um, you know, the players, but you ne- you never know how it could affect him. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think that's a good situation to analyze because Jimmy Butler loved playing for Tom Thibodeau in Chicago. Yeah, but it's different times. I don't know. Um, I think we're talking OKC, and I think we got to look at a guy who Russ is stuck with OKC. If he leaves OKC, I'd be very surprised. But Paul George, I don't see him... I mean, maybe he made some sort of a verbal commitment and he has signed a deal, but... No, he already did sign a deal. He, he has, that's what I'm saying, but you can obviously turn into a Jimmy Butler and be like, I want the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um. And you can cause problems. Do you think Paul George starts causing problems if they're not winning and they hire a head coach that he he's not looking to play for? 
How um, important is this head coach? Well, if I if I because it a seems player, like we're both in agreement that OKC is going to be switching their head coach this year. If I was a player and my team hired Ty Lue, I would want out immediately. I'm, okay, but I'm not talking Ty Lue anymore. I'm talking how important is their decision for the head coach for retaining any relevancy. If you're a good team, it definitely makes a difference. We're talking um, OKC, though. OKC, yeah. Well, it's not a matter of relevancy. They're going to be relevant because people just want to see what happens. But, um, but I'm talking like winning, a wi- developing a winning culture. I definitely think it's a big deal. I think that they need to do that um, in order to to get on the right path. And do you think if they make the wrong call – with their pick for a head coach that Paul George is going to want out? No, just because he did sign a deal. You think he's just happy? I think he signed a deal. I mean, if he wanted out, he would have left when he had the opportunity to go to L.A. Well, I don't think he predicted not being a winning team. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And Um, that's what I'm saying. If they're around, like, 12 and, you know, 20-something... And that's around a couple that months bad. into the season. Do you think he starts to question his decision? Ah, a little bit, but I don't think it'll be publicized. I don't think it. I think you don't think he's that kind of guy. No, I think he's never really been like a, I need to win type of guy. He kind of just he wanted to go to L.A. and he wanted money, so I don't really think he it makes that big of a difference for him. Russ, on the other hand, uh, other hand, I could see being unhappy, but nobody really wants Russ. All right, we're talking guys with personalities. Let's look at this um, this little scuffle between the Rockets and the Lakers. And I think we talked about it's it last, last bit, episode. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the new information. Chris Paul is apparently a bad teammate. What do you think? I think it's tough to trust Glenn Davis on anything. We're, trust- we're trusting Rajon Rondo and Glenn Davis. Um... I mm, I don't think he's necessarily that bad of a guy. Um, I think Glenn Davis is a little bit upset that he's no longer in the NBA, and Rajon Rondo's upset because he is taking all the heat for spitting in his face. I don't think he's necessarily a bad guy. Um, Let me just ask you: he, Do I'm you pretty think sure he's the he president spit of the players on, on purpose? Well, we got into that last time. I don't think he did on purpose. I think it was just sweat or something that came out that was on his lip. I don't I don't think that he did it on purpose, but that's beside the point. All right. Rondo, uh, Rondo has never really been that good of a guy. Um, did you see, I think it was, somebody in the um, either Clippers or Rockets front office posted something, basically a picture um, – Oh, insinuating the pot calling the kettle black. It was, uh, um, I think it was Daryl Morey. I think it was the yeah. Rockets. Yes. Do you think that's kind of accurate? You know, Rondo's saying Chris Paul's not a good teammate, but is Rondo a good teammate? Rondo's not a good teammate. Rondo quit on the Mavericks. He almost quit on the Celtics. He's not necessarily a good I think Rondo so. is a good teammate to the people he's a good, he picks. He's a, guy, he's a guy you want on your side. You don't want him against you. Yeah. I think he, um, he finds guys on his team that he he wants to be good teammates to, which is not it's not a way to win, that's for sure. Well, um, but I think him being a good teammate is entirely based on who you ask, and I 
I don't know. Do you think the same thing about Chris Paul? Well, either way, Chris Paul's talent far outweighs his um, his character, his personality. I think one way or another, but he's does be it though? On... But does it? Because we're looking yeah, at a guy I'm like deal Jimmy with Chris Butler. Paul no matter what. We're looking at guys like Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins is now. And granted, the Achilles injury has a lot to do with it, but he's kind of he signed for veterans minimum, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and or a bit above. Season he put up twenty nine points per game, but Demarcus Cousins is known for a bad attitude. Um, Jimmy Butler is now being known for a bad attitude. How important? And we're kind of getting away from Chris Paul, but how important is your reputation? Um, to being a good player. Um, can you repeat or like rephrase that? How important is you being known as a team player and a guy people want to play with in in GM seeing you as like kind of a franchise player, wanting you to be wanting to give you max money? We saw Demarcus. And again, there was the injury, but not getting anywhere close to max money. Um, yeah, getting I minimum think, money. Like, do you it, think it? It has you, to do with your attitude. How much? Well, when you're deciding on whether or not to pay players, I think it definitely pays a pays a, a role. Um, you don't want to pay a guy long term who doesn't necessarily want to be there. But at the same time, I think there's there's a certain there's a line, and I can't tell you what that line is because I don't I'm not in that position. Because right like, right now I got a stat here. Um, I don't know what team you're gonna have to tell me what team offered up four first round picks for Jimmy Butler. Houston. Houston offered up. So that's where I'm seeing all these pictures of Jimmy Butler on Houston. Yeah. Um. Do you think his attitude through this whole thing makes him worth less? Yes. Um. And how important is it for players when they're in those kind of situations to just remain humble and kind of weather the storm and not talk as much? Well, if you don't talk as much, it definitely play Like, the silent killer is always going to be better long-term. Um, but at the same time, like, Jimmy, he's going to work in a system that um, – is best for him. I don't think the Rockets are that, but that's a topic for a different day if that trade does happen. Um, and I think that, to an extent, if you're thinking about whether or not you want to pay a guy, um, you want to make sure that he wants to be there. And if he doesn't want to be there, you're not going to pay him. It's as simple as that. I agree with you. Um, um, let's, let's move on. Just co- Let's cover a couple more of these um, notable stat lines. Just because... Well, well, let's talk rookie race, okay? Okay. Um, A few episodes before we talked about the Trey Young-Luka Doncic race. Yeah. Um, Luka Doncic, obviously, I've been watching. He's been playing real well. He is second fiddle to Trey Young. Uh, Not what I was going to say, but I'm looking here. Trey Young put 35-11 up versus Cleveland. Obviously, Cleveland is not the best team, but... But on thirteen and first rookie shooting, to put up thirty points cooking. in a season. He, I'm Trae sorry, Young, in a game. I'm ready to say is a walking bucket. You think Trey Young is quote unquote walking bucket? Yes. Yes. Um. Why? Why do you say that? 
Because this dude just gets. Oh no 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 no! Hold on. Why on why court. do you say that over Luka Doncic, who you were because, high on? You're high on the Mavs. Why are I you know, saying Trey Young? I still love the Mavs. Mavs fan for life. Is that um, guy? Why are you starting a franchise with Trey Young over Luka Doncic? Just because he's a lot. He's well, one, his passing ability is up there with the best of them. Um, his playmaking is top tier already. And he's able to get a shot from literally anywhere on the court, as opposed to Luca, who is working really hard for some of his looks. And on top of that, he is tiring himself out pretty quickly. Right, um, but these are dudes who've never played in the NBA. They've never played on this level. But he's Obviously, been playing the... professional sp- Spanish right, but European if, if... League basketball for years. And that's obviously a different game. Yeah, but he, um, I mean, he's been playing year-round basketball since he was like 11. Right. He shouldn't be winded if, like this. If you're... If your coach is like, look, man, this offseason, you got to just spend the whole time getting in shape, and he does that, are you changing your mind? Is it just if purely based off of seeing be... him being worn out? Because I'm seeing him worn out, but he's also knocking down Mamba-type looks. He's also yeah. knocking down shimmy-shake fadeaways. In a time he doesn't really need to. I'm going to take Trey because I know that he's going to go out there and literally cook anyone who's going to be defending him while also making his teammates around him better. I just like Trey's all-around game, especially with how it fits in today's NBA better than Luka's. I you think Trey Young player, fits but... into today's NBA, that's a hot take, better than no, Luka he Doncic? Tol- he totally does. Luka Doncic, totally a much does. bigger, more a stronger point guard. Um, if you call him a point guard. I think he plays. I absolutely call him a point guard, though. A point forward, which is the most popular position in the NBA right now. Well, yeah, but... You wouldn't let me call Ben Simmons a point guard. I call him a point forward. Okay. Either way. But I'm saying you think that Trey Young fits into today's NBA better than Luka Doncic? I don't. I, do. I don't see that. I do. Um, yeah. I just. But at the same time, I just like Trey Young. I just. He's a fun guy to watch. Um, and he cooked the he cooked the cat and. Like, let's not. You said that the Cavs are not a good team, but they had Colin Sexton, and Colin Sexton is quite a defender, so I would not. Do you think Colin Sexton's in the rookie race? No. I like Colin Sexton, but I don't think he's he's anywhere near it. He's not a walking bucket? He's not not a walking bucket, no. You know, when he goes up for the jump shot, is it just. (laughs) Is he cashing in? No. (laughs) Is he cashing in on the level that Luka Doncic. And is either. is Colin Sexton, I mean, this is just kind of off topic, but is he going to be the face of the Cleveland Cavaliers going forward? No, I think Chetty Osmond's going to be. Or do you think they're going to, do you think the Cleveland Cavaliers rebuilding strategy, I don't think we've ever talked about this. They just re-signed Kevin Love. Do you think their rebuilding strategy is go for a big name or build with the draft? Probably build with the draft. Well, if you're Kobe Altman, is that love. what you want to do? That's what I want to do. I don't want to try to lock myself into mediocrity, so yeah. How much of that is just keeping fan interest? I'm looking at a stat here. Cleveland-Brooklyn games, there are tickets selling for $2. Didn't you already mention that? Nope. Oh. Um, um, how, how important is it? Well, I want to talk about this, and then I want to talk about a larger issue, but give me one second. 
sorry about that. How important is it to for the NBA in general to um when you're a team who's kind of bottom feeding, how important is it to just try and stay relevant from a money perspective, from a keeping fans' interest, selling tickets, selling merch, keeping even if it's just getting a player who's fun to watch? How well, important a, is that it's versus... It's a money league, and a lot of these executives' um, careers are going to be based on whether or not they can keep a team profitable. Um, and so, yeah, there's a certain extent to where you need to keep fans in the seats, but um, I think that's why they signed Kevin Love. They need to keep at least somebody around to um, have fans co- want to come see. But at the same time, um, you, you need to be able to break it up while also not being terrible. Yeah. Like you need to piece, kind of like the Celtics did. You need to be able to piece it back together while not having, you know, while not losing 80% of your fan base. But I think the Celtics are a little bit of an extreme case of how quickly they turned it around. Oh, definitely. They are luck, you know, luck of the draw, you know. Um, but and some of that time, was built from the draft, and some of that was the addition of Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. Um which came from the acquisition but, of Isaiah. So Thomas, I want to bring up a bigger one. topic. Yeah. I want to bring up a bigger topic, which is the idea of those teams, those middle of the road teams. We talked about it um earlier off off air. Uh the like Washington Wizards, Portland Trailblazers, teams that are kind of stuck in the middle, knowing that they they don't have what it takes to get to the NBA finals but are still very competitive teams. Do you think those teams want to blow it up, but there's pressure to just keep fans in the seats? Or do you think they really are like, I think we just need one more piece and we're going to the NBA Finals? Um, I think it's kind of... Well, I think they're they're probably leaning more, like the Portland Trailblazers of the world, like I think they're leaning more about toward the one piece right now. But after a certain time, it'll, it'll set in that... You know, um, they kind of ju- they're just kind of keeping fans in the seats, and there's not that much they can do because they're tied down because of their salary situation. But they have to keep people in the stands, and they have to keep you know the Rose Garden. I don't even know if it's called the Rose Garden anymore, but they have to keep it live and popping. So they're gonna keep it, they're gonna keep themselves relevant as much as they can. How much pressure do you think? Like past. Five years, say it's been relatively similar. The the top eight teams in the league, I'll say. Um, how important is it from the league, not just the team itself, but saying, "Look, I'm sure you guys know that you're not the top. I mean, you might be top eight, but for those twenty two other teams." How much pressure are they given to not just blow it up from the league saying, look, we need to make it so it's not just eight fun teams and 22 not fun teams? I don't think it's anything really to do with the league. I think it's just money and um, and, and it's keeping yourself as an attractive destination for free agents as well. Nobody wants to go to, like, nobody wants to go to the Nets just because they're that garbage. But if you stay, you know, like as the Clippers, you know, Jimmy Butler said he wanted to go to the Clippers, and they've kind of just stayed relevant long enough to keep themselves attra- keep themselves attractive enough. So that's an interesting thing because we saw 
one part of LeBron's decision this offseason to go to the Lakers was that they were young and athletic and looked fun to run with, right? Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a GM with one of those lower tier teams, Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, um, Atlanta Hawks, how what what do you want to look like to a free agent? I want to look like is that is looking foundation. like run and gun. Is that what you want to? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how old the player is. Um, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'd want to create that type of team for Chris Paul. All um, right, let's look at, like, Kevin Durant's up for free agency next year, right? Yeah, so the Knicks. What What about the Knicks? They're, they're speculating that KD's going to go to the Knicks. The Knicks All want right. him to go there. What What do the Knicks want to show KD in this year? What Ron Baker? You want to see the emergence of Ron Baker as the? Hey everyone, it's Ron Baker. Hey everyone, Honestly, it's Ron Baker. you want to see the, the emergence of Ron Baker as a slam a dunk champion? That is the one thing I would put on a billboard. It's just come play. It's just Ron. come play with Ron Baker. Push Fizdale and Ron Baker. Yep. The bitch of the NBA, Ronathan Baker. I don't think his name is Ronathan. Ronathan. <laughs> Ronathan's not a name. Ronathan Baker. Um, hey everyone, it's Ron Baker. You well, want I, him? <laughs> okay, but but you actually, keep it, you keep it lively enough that it appeals as a fun place to play, and you get young talent around him that's gonna keep it entertaining. Like you keep the fans entertained with the prospect of being good in the future, and then when KD comes to you and you're like, we well we have Porzingis and Ron Baker and. Um, and Frank Nilikina. Um, Man, I know, totally can... forgot about Kristaps Porzingis, dude. He's injured. I That's totally why. forgot about the the walking bucket. <laughs> that is Kristaps Porzingis. Do you think? All right, let's look at this. This is just kind of a quick hot take. KD and Kristaps Porzingis is that a top four team? No. No. KD, with Giannis, and Kristaps Schwarzenegger is a top four team. That's just unfair, dude. That's fucking unfair. And Thonmaker and Ron you, Baker. You... <laughs> well, you need Thonmaker and Ron you... Baker to be on the same team at some point. <laughs> we do. Let's make that happen. Thon... Ron Baker to, to the... Thonmaker or Thon Baker and Ron Maker. Ron... Ronathan Maker. Ronathan Maker. Um... um... Yeah, you no, just I don't wanna, see that happening. But I don't see it happening either. But you want to show that you have assets available um, for when he gets here to to do something with. So I think that's part right. of what the Celtics were doing too. But let's let's move. I want. There's one more thing I want to talk about. Um, let's yeah. just really quickly touch on a couple of games, and then I want to talk about Zach Levine really quick. But. Donovan Mitchell, 38 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists against Houston on 14-25 to 25 shooting. Real or not real? How many years until Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Spider Mitchell is the MVP. I didn't even finish the question. Oh, I thought you, I, I assumed you were going to say the MVP. Because okay. we all know he's going to be an all-star this year, so I assumed you were right. going to say MVP. And does that mean that he carries the Utah Jazz into top four championship? teams in the NBA? 
He, yes. I'm just thinking I, top four. I mean, in the NBA or in the Western Conference? In the NBA. So top right two now in the or West. in four years? Well, in not four necessarily. Years. You could be, you, you think could in four be, years he carries the Utah Jazz to yes. top four team in the NBA? Yes. Joe Ingles. Um, and how weird is that, dude? Let's just think really about how weird need. that the... I love the Utah Jazz. There's not a player You look the at all Jazz these star-studded like. teams, and, and the Utah. Utah Jazz are just and fucking... Utah. Quinn Snyder, uh, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Ricky Rubio rejuvenated his career. These incredibly. are all just a bunch of, like, dudes the that best players seem to watch. like they're fucking just role players, but they play their role fucking exactly. well. I love it. I love Utah. I want to get a Utah, one of the Sunset jerseys. The most beautiful things in the world. Those are fire. Those are fire. Um, um, Steph Curry, 51 points in three quarters. Unreal, dude. It's not fair. Not real. Steph Curry real. is in the NBA. Yeah, on 11 threes, 15 and 24 shooting, he was out of the game by the third quarter. He just sat down and he was done. And I think if you're Washington, I mean, that's kind of a slap in the face, but... No, it's not... Dude, it's like... You if you lose 51 you just, points, why are you going for 70 if you're clearly winning? I mean, I guess, but, like, you just got... Why are you trying so to embarrass hard. them? Yeah, that's fair. Um, Giannis, 30-point triple-double against Philadelphia. 32-18-10. and 10. That's my Feeling MVP, dude. That There's no... That's the MVP You have way too much of an affinity for... Um, can you really quick? You wrote down in the notes TD a bunch of times. What? Triple double. Triple double. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thirty point touchdown. I was like touchdown something. Jokic near Getting perfect touchdown. Near perfect touchdown. All right. Um, and what is what is near perfect for Jokic's? He had like a he had he was like an um. An 11 for 11 shooting game. He had like no turnovers. He missed one free throw, oh, but that man. was like the only shot he missed. Are we seeing a lot more triple doubles from big men this year? Not big men in particular. The emergence of passing big men. big men. I think the emergence of passing tall people. I mean, yeah. Now that now that big men and... are stretching their games out, they're becoming three point shooters. Do we see a lot more big men assists? Not as a whole. Um, I think you could. You think it's just specific that. players? I think it's just Jokic. It has to is do with guy. your team. Yeah, and I think. I mean, they're trying to make Andre Drummond pass the ball more. Um, they're trying to make Blake Griffin pass the ball more. Anthony Davis pass the ball more. Um, I think it opens up a lot of things, a lot of things in the future. But I don't think necessarily as a whole you could say that it's gonna change very much. All right. Um, and let's last but not least, I want to talk about Zach Levine and his like four straight thirty-point games. He is currently, if I can pull this up, fifth in the NBA in scoring. Is Zach is Levine he... the real deal, or is he just on a bad Chicago Bulls team and taking all the shots? Ow, I don't know what you just did to your microphone, but um, I think I'm he's sorry. the real deal. I I. I definitely see a big year for Zach Levine. Um, I think it'll be Zach an Levine a certified. Okay, bucket, okay, bucket. Yes. Yeah, I don't know Already. how much. I don't know. If how you're much the Chicago gonna... Bulls, do you back up the Brinks truck for this guy? They already did. They already paid him like a hundred million dollars. Uh, do you think it's worth it? 
Yes. I think they had to do something, and I think it's paying off for them. I don't know if he'll with if he'll um, keep it up, but I think it's worth it for them going forward. I I don't know, man. I um, I hope you're right, but I don't know that Zach Levine is better than just being the best player on a bad team. Maybe he is, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, he looks good right now, and uh, and yeah. I'd be happy if Zach Levine was on my team putting up 30 points a game. No, I think anybody would be happy if he was on their team putting up 30 points, but I don't know if he can do that on any team. Yeah, I mean, maybe he can't, but you have to give him an, enough time to figure it out and then put him back into a situation where he can he can win, see if it kind of contributes there as well. Fair, fair point. Um, let's wrap this up. Hit me with some hot takes, man. I hit you with some hot takes. Okay. Um, damn. Why do you always do this to me? Um, Come on. You're like the basketball guru. Hit me with some I, hot takes. Okay. Uh, Kyle Lowry, um, assist leader, is real. He will conti- He will finish the year as leading the assists. Well, dude, if you have got fucking... Kawhi Leonard to pass the ball to who's just motherfucking walking around just cashing in dude left and right (laughs) I don't see how you could not lead the league in assists you've also got two big guys Serge Ibaka and uh, Jonas Valanciunas you can dump it down too they're always going to put in a bucket I think he's got the pieces around him to be the assist leader um which is weird because I don't think he was ever naturally an assist, a pass-first point guard. Um, he always seemed like he was kind of a score-first type of guy, but I think with the pieces that are around him, I think he could sustain that. But then there are some dudes in the NBA who only, like Rondos, who, who just want to pass the ball. So it's going to be hard to beat those guys out, But okay. especially if he still keeps trying to score like he does. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Will win win MVP, averaging 6.3% from three-point range. 6.3%? Is that what he's averaging? He is shooting 6.3% from three-point range through six games. If I am the Milwaukee Bucks, I say, you take the ball and you run through every motherfucker that gets in your way and you dunk. Russell Westbrook is also averaging 9.1% from three-point range. Well, now we know why the OKC Thunder are so bad. He, imagine that. You're shoot, you shoot five and a half three-pointers a game, and you make less than one. So let's make that an actual thing. So you shoot ten, you're making less than one, right? You are making, yeah, you're making less than one. That, I, I yeah. I Scary. Would... I just happened to notice that when I was... Looking at these stats. Um. I don't think that... And that fact alone about Giannis is so scary because once he develops that three-point shooting, oh my god, dude, there's nothing you can do. The guy's averaging 30 points per game, 14 rebounds, without being able to shoot a three-pointer. That's fair. Um, Lonzo Ball is the best point guard LeBron James has ever played with. 
Let me look back. Let me look back. Let me look back. Um, you do realize he played with Kyrie Irving, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, to me, he's always just been a Celtic. Um, so he's been there for one year, but okay. You live and die a Celtic. You know that. Jeff um, Green, live and die. Let's not talk Jeff Green. Aaron Baines. Although, Aaron Baines is a certified. Aaron Baines is a... That dude touches the ball, for, it's fucking... I'm going to get you one for just Aaron Baines. This is money. I need more Aaron Baines ad-libs, dude. That's um, all. I'll get you one. All right, but back to the point. Um, no. no Lonzo, ball. Lonzo Ball could be an amazing player. He also could be super average. He yeah, has a little bit... You mentioned Jeff Green, game. dude. You mentioned Jeff Green. He Our has player. a little bit of the problem that Jeff Green had, which was kind of complacency and not feeling a need to facilitate. Lonzo um, Ball? If Lonzo Ball sees things going good, he he seems like he kind of tends to back off the whole process. I disagree. I I love the way Lonzo keeps uh, the ball moving around the court and is right. always Right. I I love that play. too, but it's like why do we see such t- like low stat lines? Yeah, I just I think it's think a little he... bit of not apathy, but I think it's a little bit of not feeling like he needs to be part of the the plays when, I mean, after LeBron, he seems like Lonzo Ball is kind of the franchise guy, along with Ingram. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I think he needs to start looking for his opportunities more. Fair. Next um, one. Y- these are coming from you, buddy. <laughs> No, I know. I'm asking you if you want the yeah, next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll call this the last one. Um, Make it a good one. Okay, well, you could give me a second. I'll cut this part out. All right. Da, na, 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 na. In the meantime, let's hear from our Ron Baker. Hey, everyone. Our it's Ron Baker. <laughs> what do you got to check. say, Ron Baker? Hey, everyone. It's Ron Baker. Yeah, we heard that. What else? Hey, everyone. It's Ron Baker. All right. You, you're fucking trash, dude. Um... So I guess my last hot take is um That's what I have to say. That's it. That is our show. <laughs> We're done. No, I hit me with the last one. Hit me with the last um, one. So this whole high scoring thing. We within the next three years will see a team shoot fifty percent of its shots from the three point range. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't like it. But that's where it's going. Okay. It's just this: the simple mentality of three is more than two. Um, players who never shot threes are developing their three-point shot. It spaces the floor. Um, yeah. I I think we're going to see that. And I don't like it. It's not fun to watch. Um, you know, you might think, oh, teams are putting up 140 points. That's fun to watch. It's not fun to just watch fucking, you know some dude just putting up shots it's fun to watch people get in the paint slice and dice and dunk on bitches okay dunk on bitches that's what's fun to watch and I'm not um, saying you know a gnarly uh, uh, a timely three pointer isn't you know cool but it's not going to be fun if it's just passed around the perimeter until somebody takes a three that's college basketball yeah that's fair All right, and I, I don't like one, watching one college last... basketball I love college basketball. I, want, right. I got one last one for you. Yeah. Okay. Can you guess for me 
the four players in the NBA who are averaging five turnovers a game, which is um, unreal. That shouldn't happen. Four players? Four players who are averaging five turnovers a game. I'm going to start with Kyrie. Nope. No. Damn, wow. Um, Russ. Yes. Okay, Russ is one of them. Um, I'm assuming that a lot of them are point guards. Close. Kind um, of. Well, no, only one of only one of them is a technical point guard. I think LeBron. Nope. No. LeBron's actually very low. Um, he's only at three. Rondo. Nope. Think about high volume players who has the ball in their hands all the time. Damn. Um, MVP candidate. MVP candidate. Your guy. Giannis has has four brothers. Yes. Three brothers. Giannis has five. Well, I mean, five turnovers. Sense, They're going to hack a Yan. Hack, hack a Yan, and Yan. eventually he's going to slip up. But <laughs> Hashtag hack a Yan. Hashtag hack a Yan if you want us to go and personally beat up Giannis Antetokounmpo <sighs> on the show. Um, um, another one plays for a terrible team, shoots a lot of shots, came from Kentucky. Oh, boy. Um, Purple and. Orange. Uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Last one. Oh, man. Last plays one. Plays for the team that is proposing a trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Jimmy Butler. Um, James plays Harden. A, James Harden is, is exactly it. Yeah. Five I mean, always, a game. These are just high-volume shooters. They're, they have just, the ball in their hands. Lot, They're it's bound to lose the ball a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's not good. I'll give you that. Um, let us know if you are interested in a Fuck Ron Baker t-shirt. We, yeah, we really want to make Fuck Ron Baker t-shirts because, I'm again... Down hey, everyone, it's Ron Baker. Exactly. And I'm a fucking bitch. Exactly. And that's, um, that's what, it, what our t-shirts will say. We will sell them online. <laughs> let us know. Send us an email. Tweet us. Yeah, um, I don't think we have a Twitter. Do we have a Twitter? You can tweet us individually. We already gave our Twitter out. I'll leave yeah. it in the description. We would love to make <laughs> we would love to make fuck Ron Baker. I'd have a, I'd have a lot of fun with that. I would wear that. Hell, shirt. I don't even care if people tweet it. I'll probably make my own. We'll just make them our own. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> Alright, we're coming up on an hour, so this was fun for the third episode time. four. Um, um Yeah. Yeah. Thanks we'll, for listening. If you guys are out there listening. Uh yeah, once we again, really hey, enjoy doing Baker. this. <laughs> And that's uh, yeah. it. Yeah, now I'm having that's fun. That's it. Episode four in the books. In the books. We'll see you Thank next you week guys. as scheduled we'll on see Sunday. You next week. Give us a like on the podcast app or rate us yes, five stars. Or on I don't SoundCloud. Know how it works. You can comment on SoundCloud. Follow us. Yep. Do everything. Just help us out. Help us out. We're having fun with it. We hope you are too. Exactly. All right. We'll see you next week. Adios. Bye bye. Here we go.